I love to read the Old Testament. There are so many examples for us of what to do and what not to do, of things that please God, of things where God destroys the people and why he destroyed them. There's so many vivid examples in the Old Testament. I love reading it. The Apostle Paul said, Now these things were our examples. To the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 through 11. Neither be ye idolaters as some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell down in one day three and twenty thousand. God destroyed twenty-three thousand in the wilderness for committing fornication. Paul says, use this as an example. Neither let us commit fornication. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 for a moment. Paul warns the men of the church, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 16, Paul says, what know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Even if you have sex with a prostitute, you become one flesh with that prostitute. It's not a casual sex. There is no such thing as casual sex. And Paul is warning the church. Verse 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Fornication is a sin unlike other sins. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Same thing applies to women. You think you can go out and have sex with different men? You become one flesh. You're going to fragment yourself so badly that it will cause you a penalty, most likely for the rest of your life. Even though you could be saved, your body might be destroyed by this. I have seen men who destroyed their own body through fornication. One church man told me when I talked to him, I knew he had been committing fornication. I talked to him. The last time I talked to him, he said, fornication is no longer a problem for me. And I felt he was telling me my body has been destroyed. Well, that fits with what Paul says. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. So in 
First Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says all these Old Testament examples are examples for us so that we would not sin against God. So verse 8 again, Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. How do you tempt Christ? Well, I think boasting about this coronavirus, oh, God will never let anything happen to me. I'm going to go to church and be with all those people. He would never let me get coronavirus. See, that's pretty much boastful. Instead of following God, you're trying to be God and boast. When the vaccination thing came out, I had a temptation to say, I'm not going to do that. God won't let that happen. I don't have to do that. Now, that's boasting. So instead, I turned to God in prayer, and I said, I don't want to take this vaccination, but if you want me to take it, I will do it. Please let me know. There's, we tempt Christ when we boast, especially over what God will do and what God will not do without hearing specifically from God on the matter at hand. That's tempting Christ. You may remember that the devil tempted Christ when he said to Jesus, set yourself on the top of this pinnacle and then fall down because God will protect you with his angels. And Jesus said to the devil, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Verse 10, Paul warns us about murmuring. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. To murmur means to complain, especially a continual humming-type complaining behind the back of the other person. Your boss comes to you and says something, and you act like you'll go along with it, but you turn your head, he walks away, and you start saying, Oh, fooey, he's always telling me to do something like that. That's not worth doing anything. That's silly. That's murmuring. The children of Israel murmured because they complained about not having the leeks and the garlics that they once had in Egypt and that God took them away from Egypt and now they didn't have leeks and garlics and the kinds of foods they liked. They murmured in the wilderness against God. They murmured about Moses and Aaron. How do they think they can lead us? Well, they don't know any more than we are. We're children of Abraham just like they are. What makes them think they can rule over us? Well, it was God that caused them to rule over over them. See, that's murmuring. Verse 11, Paul says, Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Once again, now all these things happened unto them in the Old Testament 
for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. When you read the Old Testament, look at it that way. Look for things that God approves. Look for the manners of life where the people were blessed. Look at the manners of life which they did where they were cursed. These are our examples. And I find them very interesting. Psalm 106, verse 13. They soon forgot the works of God. They waited not for his counsel. Two important factors. We really need to remember the works that God has done in our life. Just sit down and think sometimes of how you were born again, of how God caused you to be born again. Sit and thank God for the works that he has done in your life, which are blessings to you. And if you pray for God to give you wisdom, wait for that wisdom to come. There was one time I prayed for about four years concerning what to do about something, a problem. And after about four years, one day, I saw what to do. You can't just rush out and try to make up things and say they're of God. You have to wait for his counsel. Sometimes you will re instantly receive his counsel. The problem I had involved a house that I built in New Mexico. My mother and I lived there, and unknown to me, the plans for the house did not fit on the lot that I purchased. So the contractor did not discuss it with me. He was afraid, I guess, that he would lose the job. But he did not discuss it with me. Instead, he just cut down the size of the kitchen and the garage, which was attached to the kitchen. So instead of having a two-car garage, it looked like a two-car garage. It had a two-car garage door, but the size of it would only hold one car. And that's because he had to cut down the kitchen and the garage in order to get the house to fit on the lot. So I was stuck with a very tiny kitchen. Every time my mother and I got in the kitchen, we ran over each other, and it caused grievance. So I began praying, please, Lord, show me what to do about this problem. Every time I was concerned about the problem and was annoyed by the problem, instead I prayed to God, please show me what to do about this problem. About four years after living there, one day I walked into the kitchen and it was like a bright light went on in my head and I knew what to do about the kitchen. There was a walk-in pantry built in the kitchen. I could move that walk-in pantry to the garage and move the refrigerator to the walk-in pantry area and it would be a built-in refrigerator and then it opened up the floor space so my mother and I were not running into each other. But that was about four years before I heard 
how to take care of this problem. Sometimes you pray and you instantly hear the answer to the problem. In the year 2021, I was 83 years old. All of a sudden, one day, I was bombarded with thoughts. What if this happens to you? What if that happens to you? What will you do if this happens? And I, I was frightened. And I cried out to God, God, help me. And instantly I heard, my God will supply all your need. And I said, oh, yes, that's right. If that happens, God will supply all my need. See, that was the Holy Spirit telling me that information to comfort me, to calm me down, to make me not afraid. So you might receive counsel from God instantly on your situation, or you might have to wait. But above all, don't try to conjure the counsel, like keeping thinking about it, just let God bring it to you. Back to Psalm 106, verse 13 again. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness unto their souls. They envied Moses also in the camp, and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. The earth opened up and swallowed up Dathan, and covered the company of Abram. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a cast in Horeb, and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. Verse 21. They forgot God, their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt. The Old Testament is a wonderful example for us, showing what to do, and what not to do. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.